In this episode, we're going to look into holism and reductionism. The holism-reductionism debate. This debate is over which position is preferable for psychology. To study the whole person, holism, or to study component parts, reductionism. As soon as you break down the whole, it isn't holistic. Reductionisms can be broken down into levels of explanation. Holism... Holism proposes that it only makes sense to study a whole system. The whole is greater than the sum of its parts. For example, humanistic psychology focuses on experience, which can't be reduced to biological units. Reductionism is based on the scientific principle of parsimony, that all phenomena should be explained using the simplest, lowest level principles. For example, OCD may be understood in different ways. The socio-cultural level, behaviour most people would regard as odd. The psychological level, the individual's experience of having obsessive thoughts. The physical level, the sequence of movements involved in washing one's hands. The environmental behavioural level, learning experiences and conditioning. The physiological level, abnormal functioning in the frontal lobes. And the neurochemical level, the underproduction of serotonin. It can be argued about which is the best explanation of OCD, but each level is more reductionist than the one before. Biological reductionism suggests all behaviour can be explained through neurochemical, physiological, evolutionary and genetic influences. For example, drugs that increase serotonin are used to treat OCD. Therefore, low serotonin may be a cause of OCD. We have reduced OCD to the level of neurotransmitter activity. Environmental reductionism proposes that all behaviour is acquired through interactions with the environment. For example, the learning theory of attachment reduces the idea of love to a learned association between the mother and the food, resulting in pleasure. One limitation of holism is that it may lack practical value. Holistic accounts of human behaviour become hard to use as they become more complex, which presents researchers with a practical dilemma. If many different factors contribute to, say, depression, then it becomes difficult to know which is most influential and which to prioritise for treatment. This suggests that holistic accounts may lack practical value, whereas reductionist account may be better. One strength of reductionism is its scientific status. In order to conduct well-controlled research, variables need to be operationalised. Target behaviours need to be broken down into constituent parts. This makes it possible to conduct experiments or record observations in a way that is objective and reliable. This scientific approach gives psychology greater credibility, placing it on equal terms with the natural sciences. A counterpoint is that reductionist explanations at the level of the gene or neurotransmitter do not include an analysis of the context within which behaviour occurs and therefore lack meaning. This suggests that reductionist explanations can only ever form part of an explanation. One limitation of reductionism is the need for higher level explanations. There are aspects of social behaviour that only emerge within a group context and cannot be understood in terms of individual group members. 
For example, the Stanford Prison Study could not be understood by observing the participants as individuals. It was the behaviour of the group that was important. This shows that for some behaviours, higher or even holistic level explanations provide a more valid account.